Do you guys know Kirk Ferentz was born in Royal Oak, Michigan? I did not. I feel like I heard that before, but like, I mean, it's not like something I think about. I just stumbled upon that. You know what I say? Save it for the pot. I don't know. Is it worthwhile? I don't know. No, you've already told us now. You will lose us a shock factor. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. The Michigan football team is set to face Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. If the Wolverines win their third straight title, they'll head to the playoffs for the third straight year. Does Iowa pose a serious threat? What's the outlook for Michigan's potential playoff game? We tackle those questions and more coming up on Wolverine Confidential. Okay, guys, good to be with you here Thursday morning, November 30th, the last day of November. Uh, last episode, we did not shout out our new microphones. We got new mics and, uh, you know, we've always we've had now for for months, Patrick producing and mixing uh, the episode. So hopefully it sounds real crisp, real smooth in your ears. <laughs> well, it didn't a little seductive here to start off this uh, Thursday morning pod, I see. Well, I got to generate some excitement here. Zook, that's where I want to start. I want to start. Are you excited? Like, are you going to the game? Should I pick you up on Saturday morning? Because <laughs> our last episode, I was sensing maybe a, a two out of 10. Uh, are, are you at a three now or have you, you dropped down maybe even to a, to a one? Where are you at? I don't think it's gone up at all. I mean, it's I, I wrote about this this morning. I think it's a joke that Iowa's in the of conference championship game. Like it's the highest spread by far in all the championship games. And really, I was the fourth place team in the Big Ten. Like they're the fourth place team. They shouldn't be in the championship game as the fourth place team. And obviously that will change moving forward with the new format. But I mean, yeah, credit to them. They've done a remarkable job finding ways to win ugly and and get to ten and two. But like the one decent team they played this year, uh, uh, Penn State, they got blasted thirty-one to nothing and didn't even get a hundred yards. And that was when Cade and Eric all were healthy. So yeah, I mean it's it's basically a buy game for Michigan into the playoff in in my eyes. I mean we'll get into the matchup a little bit more, but like it's, I mean if if they were healthy. Fully healthy, I could see it maybe being a close game, but yeah, it's it's not an exciting matchup. Not at all like last week where it's like, wow, Michigan versus Ohio State undefeated, uh, three-point spread, rivalry game, and then we get, get to championship weekend and we get Michigan-Iowa. So there's my thoughts. So yeah, two, there's your answer. Yeah, I did read that opinion piece on MLive.com this morning and I, I saw some of that and <laughs> that's why I asked. Aaron, what do you have to say? I was just going to say, I think the trip to Indy too has kind of lost some of its luster. I mean, the first year was cool just because Michigan had never been there before, at least to play the Big Ten Championship. And then last year, at least the matchup was kind of exciting with Purdue and the potential for their offense and everything else. But the fact that they're back for a third straight year and it's Iowa again, and the fact that Iowa isn't any better than they were two years ago and their offense was probably worse. That, yeah, I, I don't know where the excitement is. I, I'm curious to see what the turnout is going to be from the fan base just because everyone's expecting them to win. And I think folks are probably saving their money for the playoff trip, especially if it's throws bowl. So I don't know. And not only that, but like the game Saturday night, like it's eight o'clock. It's I don't know. I, I think some of it's the, the excitement factor has certainly gone down for, for me. 
Yeah, M Live not investing in property in Indianapolis years ago was was a mistake. I mean, I've certainly been there with these games, the you know NCAA tournament games, the Big Ten tournament. Uh, there's just been been so many so many trips back and forth to to Indy. But yeah, let's 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 talk about Iowa here. And you know, as you mentioned, kind of the one of the key storylines is who who won't be suiting up for them, and that's Cade McNamara and Eric All. Uh, Aaron, I know you've been gathering, you know, some some quotes from both sides for a story on that. It didn't it didn't publish yet, did it? Or not yet? Probably Friday morning is my my guess, my goal here. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, the two the two former Wolverines who transferred there in the off season and you know relished the the opportunity potentially to to meet with Michigan in the Big Ten championship. We knew they weren't you know scheduled to play each other during the regular season, and now here it is. But you know they went down earlier in the season with uh, you know season ending injuries uh and and same with cooper DeGene, uh you know who was voted the big tens defensive back of the year the, and the return specialist of the year as well he, he's their most you know electric player on the roster for for years now um you know and and he got hurt recently so um yeah it's all led to an iowa offense that had hopes to be a little better this year um i mean we could debate whether how good they really looked even when fully healthy but the bottom line is there are 133 teams in the football bowl subdivision of NCA. Iowa is dead last in yards per game and a, and a healthy margin behind the next worst team. Um, 24 yards, <laughs> 24, <laughs> yeah, 24 yards. And they're, they're 124th in points per game with 18. Um, I, I saw on Zook's story that all actually still leads the team in receiving, um, you know, despite. And he's played know, in seven games, seven <laughs> games out of 12. He's leading the team in receiving. Like, yes. this it's comical. It is so comical, their offense. Yes, yes. Of course, they've won 10 games mostly. Well, there's really two reasons. We'll start with one. It's it's their it's their defense. Uh, they have three safeties. That's the most in the country. Most teams have uh, none, you know couple some have one Michigan's among the handful with two uh they have three uh so they're fourth in scoring defense 12.2 points per game you know behind the three uh kind of big 10 east powers uh and uh yeah they've had a this offense has had a punt 80 times uh that's the most in the country it's more than twice as many as Michigan uh, but but they have one of the country's best punters in Tory Taylor a 26 year old 6 foot 4 232 pound australian uh so that that's kind of one of their their major weapons which which says a lot uh so yeah this this team is, is strong defensively i'll get into maybe why i think that's it's a little bit of a paper tiger there but uh yeah i don't know i guess bottom line is do you think that they can make this a game with michigan at all no uh, and I don't know if it would have been the case if Cade and Eric were available either. And I think that would have been the like the interesting storyline coming into this game had those two been healthy, right? Like that's what I think we would all been talk been talking about this this week is can Cade get his you know uh, retribution on Michigan, et cetera, et cetera. And we don't even have that. So I, I don't know. I was they're bad offensively. They're 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 down to their backup quarterback. Um, what is he six three two forty eight? Is that right? Uh, he's a big dude. Uh, so 258, excuse me. So he's still five touchdowns, six interceptions. I, I guess the offense, they're going to try and run the football. I, I think they're going to try and control the clock. Um, but as we've seen, I mean, Michigan's defensive front has done a good job against teams that do want to run the football. So I don't expect Michigan to have much trouble on that side of the ball. Um, and then defensively, you're right. I, I agree with the paper tiger idea because when you look at the numbers, I mean, 
they've they're middle of the pack enforcing interceptions. They've only they've only they've only had uh, fifteen total turnovers. Uh, so it, I I don't know this this defense. They're keeping the ball in front of them. I think their teams are only averaging four yards per play, which is which is good for for Iowa. But they and look at the schedule. They I mean they played the bulk of the West and Western Michigan, and they played some weak opponents. So. I don't know. They're good at keeping the football. They're, they're good fundamentally sound. They're going to tackle well. Um, they're going to try and keep you, you know, inside the forty. I just think this Michigan offense is just too explosive for for Iowa to hang to, to hang with them. So I'm I'm expecting more of 2021, where it's probably going to be closer to 40 to three or something like that. It wouldn't shock me if Iowa doesn't score at all. And I think that's one of the reasons why odds makers, if you look at that, you can bet on whether Iowa's going to score or not in the game, and the, the the odds are about even, which is amazing to me. It is pretty crazy. And like, I mean, if you looked at the other conference championship games, they're basically playoff eliminators, and then. Is we were like obviously Will Johnson got hurt last game and we talked to him this week and and Jesse Minder and it's like basically it's like they're in no rush to get him back because they know they could probably win pretty easily without kind of rushing him in in the in the Big Ten title game and that just seems like I don't know it's you you should be putting all your cards on the table in a conference championship game and Michigan just won't have to do it and. Like Aaron said, I was shocked when I saw the amount of turnover. I mean, I thought that Iowa was the turnovers specialist. Like they, that's how they won games. And this year, it was like, wow, they've actually turned the ball over more than they've they've <laughs> more take more turnovers than takeaways, which I'm surprised to hear. And um, yeah, that that's that's another reason why I was like, oh nope, all right, Michigan add another seven points to my prediction. <laughs> Not not only that, but they're near the bottom of the Big Ten in sacks. They're like they only have twenty three sacks this year. So not only are they not getting sacks, they're not really forcing an inordinate amount of like interceptions. It, it's bizarre. I mean, they're just keeping the football in front of them, and, and teams are just not scoring and not gaining a ton of yards. So it's it's been pretty incredible. I, I'm expecting Michigan to probably carve carve them up, uh, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, they've obviously le- leaned on that all season long. It's been a successful you know venture for them. Uh, but as they say, we'll, we'll see how things go Saturday. I wonder if the Iowa defense is, is there, if there's a way they can like get in touch with the New York Jets defense and just talk about how do we stay positive and motiv- motivated when, when our offenses just cannot absolutely not move the ball whatsoever. Why do you have to bring the Jets into this? I thought we'd go a week <laughs> without, without this talk. Aaron Rodgers coming back healthy, going to lead a late season playoff push. But yeah, Jim Harbaugh would think. I don't know what numbers he's looking at because he's been pushing this. Yeah, there. No one does it better than Iowa with you know the the tips and overthrows and taking advantage and and turnovers and you know converting those to points. It just hasn't really been the case for Iowa this year. But yeah, this style of play, uh, it 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 works in the in the Big Ten West when you're facing other offenses that are only maybe slightly more you know competent than yours i mean the minnesotas the illinois nebraska's wisconsin's these teams struggle to move the ball too and iowa just you know played their game a little bit better than than these other teams and snuck out wins you know 10-7 and 12-10 and 15-13 and things like that uh and yeah again this wasn't this was partly by necessity they had to really lean into that identity even more this year with, with all the injuries that was that was certainly out of their control and they knew they couldn't um yeah they couldn't really take too many risks on offense and I, I do expect them to to try to try to open things up against Michigan I don't know exactly what that will look like but they just have to because that style is it's just not going to work against a better team and that's why I kind of referred to the the paper tiger even with the defense because again it, it plays uh, it plays against the Big Ten West but 
I mean, they lost 31 nothing to, to Penn State. Uh, Ohio State put 54 on them uh, last year. You know, Michigan obviously beat them too. And then you go back to the the 2021 Big Ten Championship game where Michigan scores, you know, 42 points. They went 42 to three. So against the better teams, I'm not really sure how good this defense really is. I think that Penn State game is a perfect blueprint, right, of, of how maybe things are going to go Saturday night. Uh, Penn State, similar situation, right? Really good defense. Um, they, they had a, a competent offense that can move the football and, ha- and had, you know, a decent quarterback. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I think that's what you're looking at here. That's probably why the total set at 35 and a half and why the line is as big as big as it is, because I, I think Michigan is probably going to put some points on the board. I will probably be lucky to score uh, and, and Michigan's probably gonna run away with this game. And I don't know. It, it's amazing to me that Kirk Ferentz has gotten to this point. He continues to win, which is, which is crazy to me. I, I got to think Iowa, however, is going to be one of those teams hurt by the, the big 10 changing, you know, uh, division divi- changing the setup next year, just because, you know, you can't compete in a, in a, in a conference with, with, with an offense like this. And, and look, I, it sounds like Brian Ferentz is going to be out next year. They're probably going to change coordinators. Sounds like Cade McNamara is coming back. Um, jury's still out on Eric all, but I, I think maybe the assumption is I was going to try and open things up again next year. Uh, but we heard this before and we, we, we thought that was going to be the case this year. And when Cade was, was healthy, they weren't able to move the football a ton and score. So I, I don't know. I, I think this might be Kirk Ferentz's swan song. This might be the final ch- his final chance of, of getting into a big 10 championship game. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it's amazing that they're still able to win this way in the way college football is nowadays, but you got to tip their hat to them. I mean, they, they do things well. And, and that's been the, you know, the, the, the comments all week long from Harbaugh and, and some of the assistants and everything else that this defense is very good at what it does. It might be a simple scheme, but it works and it, you know, it's gotten to this point. I, I can almost guarantee that Iowa tries some sort of trick play in in the first quarter or at least the first half and, and maybe multiple because that's the only way like catching Michigan off guard I feel like is the only way I was going to be able to get any explosive plays against this defense and who knows if they'll work they could end up being disastrous and lead the Michigan points the other way because of how dominant the Michigan defense and how opportunistic they've been this year but Hey, it's it's gotta be worth a try because they're not going to be be able to win in the traditional sense. This would be among the the biggest upsets of the season, right, Ryan? You had that you had that in your in your story. I know there's been some others around 21, 21 and a half, 22. It depends, I guess, what this you know uh, game goes off at. But yeah, I was told uh, reached out to uh, someone at Bet Online uh, yesterday, and he said the largest spread or largest upset this year was a 21 and a half point spread when New Mexico State beat uh, Auburn earlier this month so yeah but by 21 points i mean that was that was crazy they flipped they flipped it on them that was that was wild um all right let's kind of spin this forward then um you know to to michigan's potential you know playoff matchup if they win this game and you know if, if the favorites win in three particular games uh and i i think we could say i think we could say michigan is probably going to the rose bowl against the pac 12 champ like in those three games are, are Michigan over Iowa, Georgia over Alabama in the SEC championship and Florida State over Louisville in the ACC. Uh, if those three things happen, it seems clear cut for the committee. They could just keep their top four exactly as is, you know, swap out Oregon for for Washington at three. If if the Ducks win, whoever wins that game can just can just either stay or, or move into that that third spot. I have seen some projections where Florida State you know, moves to three. If it's, if it's Oregon that wins, they're currently fifth Oregon, you know, they only go up one spot. 
that that would be um, ideal for Michigan, I think, to be able to play Florida State instead. I, I talked about that last week, but you know things get dicey if any of those things don't happen, and we can get into that. But that's where that's where it looks like if if the favorites hold, but that's that's no guarantee. No, but you nailed it. That's Michigan. I, I don't see moving off the two spot unless Georgia loses, uh, and and it's a possibility. I I think Alabama beating Georgia would be would create probably the most havoc for the committee, just having to figure out what to do with with Georgia, what to do with Bama, what to do with Texas if Texas wins. Uh, I, I think that's the most intriguing part of this. Um, certainly if Michigan somehow loses Saturday, they're probably going to be out. Um, you know, and, and it certainly would probably help Ohio State's case too because I, I've seen charts where they've got a slight, slight chance of still getting in. Of course, it would require a lot of havoc to happen, but – um, I, I don't know. This is, I think, one of the more interesting championship Saturdays we've had in, in a few years with, with regards to the playoff. Uh, multiple chance, multiple you know possibilities here, depending on what happens, obviously. But um, I, I think with regards to the Big Ten and Michigan specifically, I don't, I don't see them going lower than two. And and there's there's a distinct possibility that they certainly get up to one. And I, I think right now the Rose Bowl is probably the the the, the right spot to to pick. Yeah, I mean, I think that Georgia-Alabama game could be fascinating because Alabama, I mean, obviously they needed a miracle last week in the in the Iron Bowl, but they played a lot better since losing to Texas earlier in the year. Um, and uh, you know Nick Saban's going to be able to get this team up for for that type of game. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if if Georgia slips up. And yeah, I mean, Michigan would get number one. But and there's just so many different matchup combinations that could happen. It's hard to kind of predict who Michigan might face, but I mean, really any matchup could be a pretty uh, intriguing one, a lot more intriguing than Michigan and Iowa, I'll say that. But yeah, like, I mean, Michigan versus any of the Pat 12 champions would be pretty cool. I mean, Michigan, Texas would be cool if that somehow happens. Michigan, Alabama. I mean, Florida State without a backup quarterback. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I think there's a legitimate shot that they lose to Louisville, although Louisville is not very good either. Like I wish the East, ACC championship was a little bit more intriguing too. I mean, there that that conference has just been a disaster this season. But yeah, a lot, lot to sort out, and it will be fun to follow along on on Saturday and and Friday night too for the Pac-12 game. I, I do think there's one team that Michigan probably wants to avoid in the semifinal round, and you guys can feel free to agree or disagree with me. But it's Georgia, right? I, I think if you if you I think matchup wise, I think they're probably the best. Uh, most likely to beat Michigan. And I think maybe you prefer saving that for the championship or obviously not playing them at all would be ideal. But I, I think Michigan versus Florida State, I think Michigan has the advantage. Michigan's Washington probably has the advantage. And then Oregon too. Oregon might have the more explosive offense, but I don't know if their defense will be able to slow Michigan either. So I, I think all three of those would be would be ideal for the Wolverines and probably they likely probably be the favorites going into those. Um, but George is the one that would scare me if if I was a Michigan fan. Yeah, it's interesting. Things things do get dicey if if the favorites don't win. I mean, if if Florida State loses, and again, yeah, they are only a two three point favorite in that game, uh, and, and Texas, you know, can beat Allen Bowman and Oklahoma State in the Big Twelve Championship, then I think that's probably just a an easy Texas in for Florida State if the if the other teams don't win. Um, but yeah, Alabama beating Georgia creates havoc, like Aaron said, mostly because Texas played Alabama in the regular season and Texas won in Tuscaloosa. So to me, Alabama cannot get in over Texas. Now the committee can try to spin that, talk about some of the other ranked teams that Alabama played, you know, kind of downplay Texas's the rest of Texas's schedule. But if we're going to ignore a head to head result or, or not ignore, but not have that be a major, major factor 
when the game was played in Alabama. Like, I, I just, I don't think they can get in over Texas. So, and they can't be ranked above them either in my mind. So they can't both, they can both get in. And then that probably means Georgia is out, you know, if, 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 if they lose that game, which would be wild. And that, you know, that allows Michigan to maybe slide up to the one spot. Um, and potentially then, then I wonder, okay, so if that happens, all right, we got Michigan one. Um, I, I could see maybe then Texas two, Alabama three, uh, you know, and then the Pac-12 uh, champion four, especially if it's, if it's, you know, Oregon that already has the loss. Like then Michigan, Oregon, would that not be in the Rose Bowl? Would that then be in the sugar? You know, you, you, they don't want to disadvantage the one seed. It, it's in, interesting to think about these possible combinations. It, it is important to point out too, the number one seed will have the pick. Uh, I've, I've clarified that with folks. They have the choice. So they get to pick where they want to go. And it's an intriguing decision to make, right? Like you said, if you're going up against a Pac-12 team, do you want to go out west? And, and potentially give them the, the the home field advantage in terms of travel, or do you want to stay closer to home? Either way, it's going to be a, a bit of a travel for Michigan, regardless, New Orleans or Pasadena. Um, obviously, if Georgia ends up being number one, the assumption is they're going to stay, want to stay closer to home. But as Zook, you pointed out to me the other day, if they are matched up with Florida State, that's, that's a drive for Florida State to New Orleans too. So I don't know how advantageous that would be either. So it's going to be fascinating. My, folks I've talked to behind the scenes, I have leaned toward the, the Rose Bowl. I think that's the assumption. And if you look at you know bowl projections, everyone has Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Um, but yeah, that's another storyline to watch. Assuming obviously Michigan wins Saturday and gets in, what where, where those you know where those matchups end up on, on Sunday afternoon? Andrew mentioned a good point too with with Texas and Alabama, and I, I understand what what he's saying, but the. The fact that this game was played like in what week two of the the season, and then just how the seasons have gone since then, I mean, Alabama would have the best win in college football in the SEC championship. Then it would be hard to imagine them being left out with only one loss. And then Texas, yeah, they win the the Big Twelve, but what beating Oklahoma State like that? It does nothing to move the knee. That's almost that's pretty. That's almost on the same level as like Michigan beating Iowa. So like. I, I'm not buying. I'm not buying when the game was played. I'm sorry. I never have. Like, there's only 12 or 13 games. You can't just ignore any of them. There's just too few no. data points that it was in September. It's only how they're playing right now. I mean, then we start opening the door for some some ridiculous teams to be getting in just by the last you know week or two or month. Got to count everything. I, I fully agree with the head to head. If you have the same record as a team and and you beat them on the field. In the same season, I think it should matter. Um, but I, I think we're in a way, I think we're overstating this SEC title game. I think Georgia wins. I don't think Alabama's <laughs> going to be a factor. So I don't think it's going to matter. Right. Yeah, that happens. It doesn't matter. But yeah, I guess rooting guide for Michigan. I mean, I guess it kind of depends what we just said. If you want to be, uh, yeah, if you want to jump into that one seed and play Florida State, you know, then you need you need Georgia to lose. Uh, but then, you know, there's a possibility with that Florida State isn't the the four when all is said and done. But um Again, to win the championship, you got to beat. You're going to have to beat, you know, a couple of good teams, no, no matter what, in the in the playoffs. Um, but I, I definitely agree. You'd, you'd probably rather not face Georgia right away, if possible. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But it starts with with Michigan against Iowa in Indianapolis, eight seventeen, I believe, is the official kickoff time on Fox. Uh, should be should be fascinating if if it's Michigan there on the makeshift podium with makeshift stage with Jim Harbaugh accepting a Big Ten championship trophy from Commissioner Tony Petiti that you know of course had to suspend him for 
three games of the regular season. They, you know, kind of sparred over with their back and forth paperwork there. That would be that would be something to see that that moment. Jim was asked about that this week, too, and he entertained the question, but dodged it and didn't answer it. So I, I think he got a laugh out of it, too. So I, I think it's something maybe he's looking forward to. I, I think many of us are as well, just to see how how it goes. Uh, but I, I don't know. Can the Big Ten maybe send up the some other lieutenant commissioner, <laughs> the instead? deputy commissioner, yeah, instead of Petiti? Because I, I got to think it's it's, it's going to be on Tony's mind as well. It's going to be an awkward situation, but certainly juicy for for all of us uh, watching, whether we're in the stadium or at home. After hearing uh, Detroit radio host call Tony Petiti Tony Panini this week, I just every time I hear this name, I just can't stop thinking about Paninis. But regardless, it will be a, a fascinating storyline uh, after the after the game, more so than than during the sixty minutes. Well, we'll we'll see. That's why they play the game, as they say. So we'll we'll be there uh, in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium to cover this game. We'll have more coverage uh, leading up to it as well on mlive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.